BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Ross Chastain will win the season finale at the Phoenix Raceway and right behind your 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion is Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney, the champion, driving for Team Penske. Picks up the championship here, fourth win of the season here at Phoenix. Ryan, just first off, congratulations. What are your thoughts? What are your emotions right now? Yeah, just uh, a little shock. Not shock, but just it's hard to have it set in quite yet. You know, just an uh, amazing day. Uh, didn't start off very good, but we got better throughout the day. And second half of the race, we were super strong. So um, appreciate everybody for working on it. Uh, we had to make up a little bit of ground that last restart, but you know our car was good enough to do it and have a, have a good battle with the five, and uh, I was able to sneak it out. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. And, well, on this show today, it's all about honoring our 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Ryan Blaney and Team Penske. I'm going to have a chance to visit with Ryan Blaney. You'll hear that. We're also going to do a deep dive on the history of his car number, the number 12 and its impact at Team Penske. The man that called the shots atop the pit box for Ryan Blaney, Jonathan Hassler, will join us to break down the team's championship run and so much more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle? Mike, as John Hunter Nemechek makes the jump to the NASCAR Cup Series to compete for Legacy Motor Club, a familiar face will be joining him. Ben Bayshore, his 2023 NASCAR Xfinity Series crew chief at Joe Gibbs Racing, has been announced to sit atop the pit box for Nemechek next season. Bayshore isn't completely new to the NASCAR Cup Series, as he previously served as crew chief for Kyle Busch in 2021 and 2022. After running 20 of the 23 scheduled races in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series this season, Tricon Garage has officially inked Taylor Gray to a new deal for 2024. Gray will be back behind the wheel of the number 17 Toyota Tundra TRD Pro full-time. His rookie season was highlighted by a second-place finish at the Kansas Speedway in the fall. A couple of more silly season dominoes have fallen in the NASCAR Xfinity Series as Alpha Prime Racing welcomes Xfinity regular Brennan Poole to the team as he'll pilot the number 44 Chevy Camaro. And Kyle Weatherman will race full-time next season for DGM Racing in the number 91 Chevy Camaro. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, newly crowned NASCAR Cup Series champion Ryan Blaney. NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. 
Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Off turn number four, white flag is in the air. Ross Chastain has one lap to win. Ryan Blaney in second has one lap to be a champion. Here they come toward turn number one. Ross Chastain all by himself. Brad Keselowski struggling in front of him, or that's the J.J. Yaley machine. And off turn two, it's a YRB kind of afternoon. It is Ross Chastain, your race leader, back to the corner. Ryan Blaney, your number one championship contender, following him through. Ross Chastain will win the season finale at the Phoenix Raceway, and right behind your 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion is Ryan Blaney. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded in the season finale at the Phoenix Raceway here on the Motor Racing Network. It was Ross Chastain going to rule off mortgage victory lane, but it was Ryan Blaney taking the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. And Ryan is on the hotline right now. Welcome in, champ. How are we doing? And congratulations, by the way. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing good, and I appreciate it. It's been a, been a wild past few days. So. Well, let's, let's start there. Since you left Phoenix, what kind of things have you been doing? I know that you've been in New York, and you've, you've done some media tour things. What has your schedule been like since you left Phoenix Raceway on Sunday night of a week ago Sunday? Yeah, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed all of it, really. Um, you know, stayed in Phoenix Sunday night, had a, had a really great little celebration with all the Penske folks who were there, uh, some Ford folks were there, some personal friends of mine on Sunday night. So that was a lot of fun after I left the track to see everybody. And uh, then, we, yeah, I went to New York Monday, was there Monday night, Tuesday. I, uh, and then I went, I went to Kentucky for a kind of a personal personal business deal that I had on my calendar for like three months that I couldn't cancel. So I didn't really have any time at home and I finally got back this morning. So uh, it's been wide open, um, but I've, I've enjoyed every second of it. You've dreamed about becoming a NASCAR cup series champion so far. What has been the reality compared to the thoughts of the dream that you've had to become the champion of our sport? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, um, I think everyone kind of, thinks about it and dreams about it and wants to be that, but you never really know what it's like, uh, you know, until it happens. And um, I didn't sit around thinking about, you know, being a champion one day. I think you just, you kind of, I put it in my head early and I just, and I just tried to get there and just tried to do well in races and then put yourself in a spot. But um, I don't know if it's really sunk in yet. I think this weekend it might when I kind of get some downtime. Um, I'm on my way to the Penske shop now for the first time to see everybody. We have our little, wind toast here in about an hour so I'm, I'm psyched to see everybody at the race shop uh, for the first time i think that'll that'll really have it sink in so it's going to be special seeing everybody who you know didn't travel this past weekend who who is still just as much of a part of it so I'm, i can't wait to see all those folks i want to go back to the race uh the weekend at phoenix is obviously very unique you get more practice time the format's a little different and then they line all of you up, and then they turn you loose for 312 laps on Sunday. At what point of the weekend or at what point in the race Sunday at Phoenix did you realize that you had 
a potentially a championship winning car? Um, I think I felt okay about it Friday during practice. I didn't really feel like we were. I didn't necessarily think we were better than any of those guys on Friday. I thought we were all kind of comparable on Friday, but you know the conditions were going to change so much for Sunday. Um, I, I knew anything could happen, and then we didn't qualify great. But I, I wasn't too worried about the qualifying part. I figured we'd race well, but. I went forward a little bit in the first stage, not a ton, um, but I'd say the start of that second stage, um, I thought we got our car really good and, and was able to kind of regroup and restart up with those guys who got a, you know qualified towards the front of the field. And I felt fairly good about it then, and then we just continued to work on our car and, and luckily was able to you know, have a, have a shot at the end of it. That's really all you can ask for, but we did a great job of getting our car better all day. That's, that's something to be proud of. That's, that's a big accomplishment from where we started the race because I didn't think we were very good to start out, but we got to bear where we could be competitive. You now, in recent memory, you've been pretty good at, at Phoenix. And obviously coming into this Phoenix race, you were on the short list of, of guys to run Phoenix very well. What has it been of late with this next-gen car, you and Phoenix Raceway? Connect the dots of Ryan Blaney, the car, and the racetrack. What's, what seems to have worked in your favor there? Yeah, you know, I, it's a place I just enjoy going to. Um, I enjoy the racetrack. The different ends are unique and you're usually searching around there for some grip. You know, you can kind of utilize the whole racetrack, I feel like. Um, you know, all the lanes in one and two, and, and, you know, you got probably three lanes at least in three and four. So um, I just have been – I've enjoyed it, enjoyed the shape of it, and it kind of, you know, pairs well with what we do at Team Penske, you know, of how we approach the weekend with setups and, and all that stuff. Uh, so it's just a good combination that's, you know, worked for us here the last – you know, especially two years with this car, but even before that, I thought we were super good there. So it's uh, it's nice to have a track that we have some confidence in. Um, you know, if you happen to make it to the championship four, we noted in our broadcast in the championship race at Phoenix, there was one point that it seemed like you were you were on offense, you were trying to pass Chastain, but at the same time, you almost had to play a little defense to keep Kyle Larson and William Byron behind you. What was that part of the race like where? You're trying to maximize the day, and you're trying to, you know, you want to win the race, but at the same time realize that you don't want to give away the bigger prize in away at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, I mean, in, in, in that moment when we were racing the one hard and the 19 was in the mix and um, it got pretty aggressive, forced me to have to be uh, pretty aggressive and on offense um, in that moment. Like, I, I didn't care about, I didn't want the lead to win it. I, I wanted to try to just get the lead so I could drive away from the five. That was the only guy I, was cared about, I cared about. So it kind of put me in that spot to where I had to be more aggressive than I wanted to be. But, um, you know, it was just one of those moments to where it's uh, you're put in a box and, and the best move at that time, you know, was offense and trying to be aggressive. And, um, yeah, that was, that was really where that came from. So when did you back away? When did you decide that, uh, all right, we've had enough of this racing for the win stuff. we got to think about the bigger prize here. At what point did that set in during that battling? I mean, I, I understood the big picture the whole time. I mean, that's why I was racing so hard. It <laughs> was, the, was the big picture, was the championship. Um, you know, but then the 19 got biased there, and I, I settled down for, you know, a handful of laps and, um, and then just, you know, got the 19 back and, and was kind of game on again, but uh, no, I mean, I, I never once lost focus of the big picture. Um, that's always in the back of your head. So uh, it was just circumstances why we had to be on offense in that spot. You know, it was because the big picture really. When you got towards the end of the race and the laps were winding down, 
at what point towards the end of the race did it become appear to you that you were about to become a NASCAR Cup Series champion? And what did that feel like? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it doesn't you don't fully know you have it sealed until you cross the start finish line, you know, at the checkered flag. But, um, you know, once you get to the white, once the leader gets to the white, you feel fairly decent about it. Um, just trying to make one half halfway decent lap to where you can, you know, just make it home. At least, you know, it's official. But, no, it doesn't really – you can't completely relax until, uh, until it's all said and done with. You did a good job. You're bringing home your first NASCAR Cup Series championship for Ford, for Team Penske, for Jonathan Hassler. What about Hassler? You, know, you guys are pretty new to e- each other. What has the growing time like been like with you two, which obviously led you to both becoming champions? Uh, it's been a blast, you know, when he and I started working together uh, at the beginning of 22. Um, you know, I just uh, I enjoyed how he approached things. I enjoyed, you know, his personality. Um, we got along really well, and, um, you know, we had a, a – honestly a good shot to get to Phoenix last year and I made a couple mistakes we were fast enough and you know we did a good job of kind of sitting down in the off season and talking through it you know what can we do better here coming into this year um but he's been a great leader um tons of guys look at you know it's hard to go from engineering role right to a crew chief role where you're in charge of so many people and you're the leader and and um you have to be very outspoken uh, and, and make decisions. So he's embraced that really well. Uh, I'm super proud of him for that. So, yeah, I uh, couldn't ask for a better guy and a better group, this 12 group, to have a championship with and be a part of it with. But, uh, yeah, to win a championship with, in our second year together, uh, that's pretty special. We'll chat more with Ryan Blaney as our time with the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion continues. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We're chatting with 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion Ryan Blaney. Ryan, I am curious. There was a time this season where it seemed like that Fords had their performance challenges and Team Penske had their performance challenges. What was it like getting back to championship contending form, playoff contending form, which obviously led you to the title this year? Yeah, you know, I I mean... We won won the 600 there in May, and and we're just okay. You know, I mean, we, I mean, honestly though, before Sonoma, um, heck, I think I got the points lead. You know, after Gateway, I was leading the points there before we went to Sonoma there before the break, and and we had a decent year up until then, being consistent. But I say after you know the it started at the Sonoma race, we ran really bad in it, and just had a rough stretch of a couple months, and. You know, lacking speed within our group, and um, you know, we had meetings and sit downs that you know we made a challenge to ourselves of we need to get better before the playoffs. You know, if we keep running like this, when the playoffs roll around, we're we're not going to be we're going to be in trouble. You know, and um, they just worked really hard. They dedicated themselves, you know, to 
be better before the playoff deadline, you know, and, and uh, that was the deadline set, was the start of the playoffs, and, and they met that deadline, and we just got a little better even through the playoffs in the last, you know, six weeks of that thing. We were lights out, and um, that's just a lot of hard work by everybody at our group uh, of digging in and, and not worrying about we're a little off at the time. You know, you're looking forward to the future. So they did a heck of a job, and um, that's a group I want to be a part, a part of, you know, is people who have no quit, even when we're not running great, they find a way to, to get better, and that's what it takes in this sport. You know, one of the conversation points that we've had all season long has been the close nature of Cup Series racing. I think, you know, at some of the tracks, like you'll watch practice, top 20 is separated by less than half a second, or maybe they're separated by two or three-tenths of a second. When we see a team from this side of the fence that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, they've gone off the rails, they're, what's going on, they've, they've lost their way. Is the gap really that big when you're basically fighting for minute units of measurement on the racetrack does that make it look bigger than what it actually is yeah you know i feel like it's if you're off by a little bit nowadays you're way off you know because everything's so similar and just the everyone's so close so i mean if you know like you just said the top 20 could be separated by three tenths if that in practice not even and um if you're on the wrong side of that you know two three tenths it's just so hard to, to get back to where you're at the top, you know, the front end of the speed, and um, and you're not finding big chunks of speed any anymore. It's all little tiny pieces. Like with this car, you're so limited to finding knobs that you can turn to get better. It's all it's like five or six little knobs you turn. It's not one big piece you find. You're like, oh, this is way better. It's little tiny things uh, that add up, and uh, so it's super hard to kind of find stuff, and that's why it's so impressive to me that we were able to do what we did and um you know to, to find the two tenths that we needed uh when it counted uh, is, is definitely hard to do and, and they did a great job and even speaks more volumes of, of what they did i want to ask you about what it was like at the end of all of this to reconvene with your father there's a lot of dave blaney fans that listen to nascar live that listen to Motor Racing Network that saw him back at the racetrack there to support you. What was it like when you were finally able to share a moment or two with your father after you won the championship? Yeah, you know, that was obviously incredibly special to me and um, my whole family and to have all of them there, you know, my mom, my mom and two sisters and um, everyone who was with me growing up and supporting me. And uh, But yeah, to meet with dad, I mean, he's been, you know, I say it all the time, he's the reason I and where I am today uh, from multiple for multiple reasons um, and to have him there through the playoffs he was he was a really great kind of motivational guy for me through the playoffs you know and um, kind of getting my headspace right and, and just being supportive and um, looking at it in a neat way you know of, uh, of being confident believing in yourself and your group and um, so he was huge on that side of it it was it was awesome and, and then to see him on the stage was even better you know and uh, I think as a kid, uh, like as a child of, you know, parents and you just want to do uh, things to make them proud and, uh, you know, you want to give back for what they've worked for to put you in these situations. And uh, it was it was cool to have them there. It kind of comes full circle. So it's uh, I couldn't ask for more. What memories do you have of going with him to racetracks, growing up with him? And, of course, along the way, the influence that he's been able to provide you to help you become the race car driver you are today. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I have tons of memories, uh, mainly about, you know, the NASCAR side. I was a little bit young 
when he stopped the sprint car stuff. I have little tiny memories of those races, but yeah, mainly just I remember growing up in the bus lot, growing up you know around other drivers and crew chiefs, uh, kids, and um, you know meeting all the drivers at a young age that my dad raced with that I got the pleasure of of racing with for a little bit. Um, I think when I started in Cup and. Um, you know, just really cool to have experienced that as a kid and, and kind of be thrown in it at a young age, um, understanding how race shops work at a young age, like how many people are involved. Like, that was really neat for me to see firsthand as a young kid, right, um, and kind of get that perspective of how huge and how big the scale of, you know, teams are and what it takes to put a car on the track and you have appreciation for all the people that are involved. So I was super lucky uh, seeing all that stuff at a young age and, and getting opportunities to be able to, you know, do well in the sport. And um, that's all thanks to him. You know, the cool thing about you becoming the champion, Ryan, is that you obviously are able to continue the Blaney legacy that still resonates with a lot of fans. But you're also able to bring Roger Penske, another championship, two in a row for Team Penske. What about those private moments with the captain, with Roger, once you took the title at Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, something I've been wanting to do for him for 10 years. Uh, ever since I walked in the doors over there over 10 years and uh, just bringing championships and, you know, we're a part of some Xfinity owners championships with him, but, you know, I never won a driver's championship with him. I, uh, so it was nice to finally deliver that. And, and I kept telling all our guys, you know, leading up to the week, you know, with us having a shot to bring him back-to-back cup titles, something he's never done before, um, you know, how cool is it to be able to accomplish that for somebody like RP who's done everything? You know, it's not very often you get to do that. And um, that was so cool to be able to give it to him. I told him we made history, made two pieces of history this year, Coke 600 and Indy 500 for the first time in the same weekend and back-to-back cup championships. So it's cool to be a part of those couple things because he's done so much for me in my life. And uh, it's nice when you can give back and, and deliver things that, you know, he expects you to deliver and, and why he gives you opportunities. So very cool day not only to have him but you know Paul Zarnicky, you know Bud Danker Tim Sendrick and Victor Lane you know all those great folks that uh, give me opportunities uh, it was it was awesome to pay them back and it was awesome to see Team Penske be able to score back-to-back NASCAR Cup Series championships all right before I let you go when do you take possession full-time of the trophy we saw it travel with you in New York when do you get it to call your own and where will you put it in your home yeah, you know, I got to do some digging on that. When uh, when I get mine, I'm probably going to do that today. Ask some questions and you know figure out when that thing's arriving. But um, I'll pro- I'll find a spot for it. Um, I don't keep many trophies in my house, but uh, Dad made me a a really cool display case for all my first NASCAR win trophies um, in each series. And maybe I'll be able to make him. Uh, build me a case for this one. I think that'd be sweet because it's the first championship. So I'll, I'll definitely keep it in the house. But I got a good spot, but we'll see what Dad can build for it. I think he'll do uh, something pretty slick. So I'm excited to see what he has in store for it. That's right. Put Dad to work. I'm sure that will be a labor of love that he will embrace. Hey, we we appreciate you spending time with us here on the Motor Racing Network and NASCAR Live. All the best. Congratulations on a job well done. Enjoy what you've accomplished. We'll look forward to seeing you and the team back together for media days and obviously for the beginning of 2024, the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum in February. Very good. Thanks for having me.
outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Ryan Blaney became the first driver to guide the number 12 car to a championship for Team Penske. Ryan is among a hefty list of drivers who have had success with that number for Team Penske. Kurt Becker is here to take us through the history of that number and what it's meant to Team Penske. While many might default to thinking about the famous two-car when thinking about Team Penske and NASCAR, perhaps that will no longer be the case. In fact, the recent accomplishment by Ryan Blaney means Team Penske can now boast of scoring the ultimate prize and winning the NASCAR Cup Series championship with three different car numbers. While that title of Blaney's came after the ones earned by drivers of the 2 and 22 cars, the 12 team for Roger Penske has a storied history of its own. The car's origins go back to the late 1990s. Team Penske, known at the time as Penske South, merged with Kranifus Haas Racing following the 1997 season and changed the number of what had been the Kranifus car from 37 to 12 while moving young driver Jeremy Mayfield into a role as Rusty Wallace's teammate. The team was in Instantly a contender, finishing third in its very first race, the 1998 Daytona 500. Bayfield kept the momentum going and even led the point standings at one point in the season. But the first true milestone for Team Penske's 12 car came in the summer of 1998 at Pocono Raceway. Down the short shoot for the final time. Jeremy Mayfield still feeling the pressure from Jeff Gordon. Hangs it out to the wide end of the racetrack. Now dives back down to the ripple strips. Hugs the apron of the racetrack. Works off turn three and back to the checkers. Gordon makes a final hard run into turn number three. It's not going to be enough. The final sprint to the checkers and victory number one is at hand. Jeremy Mayfield wins the Pocono 500. Two car lengths over Jeff Gordon. His first NASCAR Winston Cup win in his 125th start and the first victory for the Cranifus Penske Racing Team. Mayfield stayed with the team for three more seasons scoring wins at California Speedway and again at Pocono before Ryan Newman took over the 12 car to begin the 2002 campaign. That 2002 season featured a memorable Rookie of the Year battle between Newman and Jimmy Johnson. While Johnson got into the win column first, it was Newman who would capture the Rookie of the Year title, and he took the 12 car to victory lane in the 2002 edition of the All-Star Race, known at the time as the Winston. White flag is out. They hit for one to settle it. Earnhardt Jr. goes to the outside. Newman is there. Earnhardt Jr. dives low. Newman throws a block. They make contact off the corner. Newman still has the lead. Ryan Newman survives that battle down the back straightaway now. He opens up about a two-car length advantage in turn three and four. Earnhardt's final last-ditch effort. He now goes to the bottom of the racetrack. Newman's got him covered off a of four. Ford and Chevy duking it out for the finish in the 18th running of the Winston. Ryan Newman comes down to the line. Earnhardt tries, but Newman is going to win the Winston. While Newman had already earned the nickname Rocket Man with his six pole positions in 2002, it was 2003 when he built on his rookie success and took it to a new level. For the third time in his Winston Cup career. Ryan Newman is going to victory lane the second time this year after winning earlier at the Texas Motor Speedway. Newman wins by eight-tenths of a second over Jeff Gordon. Checkered flag waving. It's Ryan Newman. It's going to win tonight at Richmond. Ryan Newman leads off turn four. He'll go down in the books as the golden boy of 2000. 
three, Ryan Newman comes to the line winning his eighth Winston Cup race of the season. It cannot be denied that 2003 was the best season of Ryan Newman's career, and until this year, the best for any Penske driver in the 12 car. Newman sat on the pole a staggering 11 times and won eight races. While that might be the best season the 12 car had ever seen, the biggest moment for that Penske car number and Ryan Newman came in February of 2008. Newman gets the run on the outside. Newman to the lead. Bush to second. Stewart falls back to third. What can Tony Stewart do now? He's all the way back to fourth. You got a Dodge Charger out front. Ryan Newman leading the field off turn number four. The battle will be for second. Ryan Newman brings him off turn four for the last time into the trioval. A long, dry spell for this driver. He will win the 50th Daytona 500. His teammate started dead last today. Kurt Busch, he'll come in in second. It is difficult to deliver something to Roger Penske that he's never had, but Ryan Newman did just that when he took the checkered flag in the 2008 Daytona 500. To make that day even more special, the win came in the 50th edition of the Great American Race, and it was Kurt Busch and the other Team Penske entry that pushed Newman to the victory. Ultimately, 2008 would be the final season at Team Penske for Ryan Newman and the start of a winless drought for the number 12 car in the Cup Series of more than 10 years. In 2009, David Stremme was tabbed as Newman's replacement, but after struggling for the majority of the season, he was replaced by Brad Keselowski with three races remaining. Keselowski drove the 12 car full-time in 2010 before moving to the two car the following year. With that move, Team Penske introduced the 22 car as part of its stable, and the 12 team shifted gears to a new role. Sam Hornish Jr. and Juan Pablo Montoya were among the individuals that would drive the number 12 on a part-time basis over the next few seasons until the car was finally brought back as a full-time entry for the 2018 campaign. And behind the wheel would be Ryan Blaney. The victory lane drought for Team Penske's 12 car, stretching back more than 10 years, came to an end in 2018 in the inaugural race on the Charlotte Road Course, the so-called Roval. One year later, Blaney started to show his prowess at one track in particular. The field steaming to the line, side by side to the checkered flag. Ryan Blaney wins the 1000Bulbs.com 500 at Talladega. Ryan Blaney, with a move of the ages, goes to the inside of Ryan Newman. Ryan Blaney by inches picks up the win. Off four for the final time, racing back to the checkered flag. Blaney out front. He's got to throw the block. He does. Diving down to the inside. Here comes Eric Jones. Here comes John Hunter Nemechek. They're crashing at the line. It is Ryan Blaney by seven one thousandths of a second. Those victories set the stage for 2021, which would be Blaney's true breakout year. He was paired with veteran crew chief Todd Gordon, and the duo got to victory lane three times, including back-to-back wins to close out the regular season. One more run by Byron, and it will come up short. Ryan Blaney will score the win in the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan. Caution on the speedway. Ryan Blaney will see the caution flag and the checkered flag, and Ryan Blaney and Todd Gordon go back-to-back. They win at Michigan last week. They win tonight here at Daytona. While that season saw its share of success, many still wondered if Blaney could get over the hump and make the championship four, let alone win the title. But Blaney charted a course to answer those questions, earning a playoff berth in 2023 by winning the crown jewel Coca-Cola 600 before hitting his best stride at the right time in the playoffs. Your 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion is Ryan Blaney. With that amazing run, Blaney put an exclamation point 
spotlight on this chapter of the story of the number 12 car and joined IndyCar's Will Power in bringing Roger Penske a championship while sporting that number. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, we'll chat with Ryan Blaney, Screw Chief Jonathan Hassler. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We continue to honor the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion in Ryan Blaney, Team Penske as well. And how about the crew chief, Jonathan Hassler? Had a chance to sit down and visit with Jonathan. He spent some time with our Steve Post and Todd Gordon on MRN's crew call. To what degree has it started to sink in for you? Uh, I'd say, honestly, it's probably sunk in maybe 5 to five to 10%. I mean, not really a whole lot, to be honest. I mean, um, you know, you're, you're so in, uh, such a routine of, of, you know, finishing one race and then moving on to the next, um, it's just kind of how we're, we're wired. So, um, you know, fortunately with the season coming to an end, you know, we'll have a little break here and, and let it all sink in. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting that you talk about that. Talk about, talk about, I, I guess I'll ask the question, but I would say the last three races, you guys had the best car there. I thought I thought at Homestead, your long run speed was really good. You got beat by short run with a caution late. Martinsville, you were the best car there. And I really felt like you're the best car at Phoenix. And, and, and I thought one of the things I really appreciated that I thought Ryan handled the race, understanding what the objective was. I thought you guys did a great job with it. What what changed? Because I, I know you, you, you dominated the Coke 600, but this was three opportunities of you guys just staying within your box and doing a great job. Yeah, I don't think it was really any one thing, Todd. I think it was just, um, you know, we spent the whole year sort of um, trying to figure out where we were at. Obviously, we, you know, we came out of the gate with, um, you know, not quite the speed that we had last year. And, and we, we had to try some different things um, to, to get some speed. And, and we were probably a little bit conservative in, in doing so the first half of the year. And then once we got the win at Charlotte, um, we kind of stretched a, a little bit more and, and try to learn a little bit more. And then once the, the playoffs came around, we could kind of put those things together that, that were working. Was there a point during the season or during the playoffs where you're like this, we have the potential for this thing to turn out like it ultimately did. Was, was there a moment where you're like, okay, maybe we got something here. Yeah. I think, um, uh, you know, uh, Charlotte really, uh, you know, rewinding back to the middle of the year was the first, um, aha moment, I would say for us. And it, and it wasn't any one thing special, you know, we didn't, you know, there's the, it used to be, you could show up and you could have some big, um, you know, arrow body changes that, that, you know, were coming that you knew for sure, we're going to kind of set you apart and, and, um, yeah, set you apart from the rest of the field. Now those things don't happen. It's just, um, you know, stacking all the details and making all, all the right decisions on every little thing. And then that kind of stacks up. And like I said, Charlotte, we, we didn't really, there was not one thing that, that stood out that we thought, Oh, this is going to make us better, but we put all the right pieces together and we had speed. So we knew that if we put everything together, that we'd, we'd be able to have the speed. So that was the first sign through the year. And then, um, you know, honestly, I look back at, at Kansas, um, you know, we had, uh, really, really good short run speed at that race. Um, we really struggled kind of, I would say with long run speed, but we kind of 
the speed showed up there and then we were able to kind of massage on, on what we did there and carry that through the rest of the playoffs. Jonathan, I want to go back to the next to last race, because those of us that cover the sport, those of us who are fans of the sport, we want to see six wide coming to the finish with, you know, with, with equality and parity. You go to Martinsville and you guys just had a better car and you guys just had a better drive. <laughs> And you guys just had a better plan. What's that like to orchestrate a race like Martin's? I also love excellence and I respect it. That's what you did. What's that like to orchestrate and to pull off a race like you guys did at Martinsville? Yeah. And, and you know, in that one, um, you know, we were able to, to kind of run up front. We were able to, to uh, win the second stage, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. That was pretty stressful still in that, uh, you know, <clears throat> depending on how the cautions fall there, um, you know, it's still possible that we're not going to Phoenix. So for, for me, um, I was just, just praying that we didn't get a caution there late in the race. Cause I knew every opportunity for things to get shuffled. If, if we got that caution, unfortunately we never did. Yeah. And, and, and to talk about Phoenix or talk about Martin. So let's, I'll build back to that because that, yeah. that race to me, Goodyear brought a little softer compound. We had elevated temperatures. We laid a ton of rubber down. Talk about what you saw out of Ryan Blaney as that place rubbered up. Cause I, I know with my experience, I gave away a couple grandfather clocks with him uh, on pit road and um, he's pretty special when it comes to that place, Robert, up, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. He's, um, you know, we talked a lot. Um, you know, I thought, I thought our two races at Martinsville last year were, were pretty good. Um, they weren't spectacular, but um, you know, nobody really knew what to expect last spring um, night race, really cold. Uh, we had the opportunity to go and test there last summer and, and, um, it was very con- similar conditions to what we actually ended up having in the race, um, here this fall with, uh, with it being, you know, the test I think was in September, um, you know, two days of, of testing in the heat track took a lot of rubber. So we definitely learned a lot there. Um, all those things didn't necessarily apply when we went back last fall because it was back to being cold. Um, so I think that test honestly was pretty pivotal for us and, and kind of understanding the conditions. Uh, even though the tire changed, the conditions were still really similar. Um, and then, you know, we go into the spring and, um, again, we had some, some really good runs in the spring, but we didn't put the whole race together. And, and Ryan really talked a lot about, um, you know, what he thought he needed to, to be able to pass because it's gotten so hard to pass, uh, at Martinsville with this car, um, that the ability to kind of get up and, and get into the rubber and still have rear grip is, is really important. So we really worked a lot and focused a lot on that. And obviously, um, you know, as the track rode up, rubbered up, we were uh, about the only one that could get up and then kind of pass on the outside. Um, and and that, that was what we focused on for sure. And that was what we were able to, to do. You were part of a small group, a small group of three guys, Paul Wolf, Todd Gordon, and yourself now that have been able to give the captain, Roger Penske, a Cup Series championship. And I know you've got your guys, Todd, and his guys, Paul, and his guys, you got your drivers and everything. What does that mean to you, though, with 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 the, 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 the involvement? You've been there since 2008, so you understand Team Penske. You are Team Penske. What is that like to, to be able to deliver something and then be able to be the first to do it back-to-back for Roger? Yeah, you know, to, to, to be able to do um, add to Roger's uh, you know, history, um, is incredible. Just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the more or less, it's the top team in motorsports and, and to be able to kind of, you know, continue to, to build on that is, um, is, uh, you know, I, I'm super proud of having that opportunity. It's, it's, the, you know, the best team in garage, best team in, in all of motorsports. 
You can hear more from Jonathan with Todd Gordon and Steve Post when MRN Crew Call drops tomorrow on MRN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to podcasts. Coming up, Doug Gates stops by to discuss Ford's Championships Week. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live in Phoenix. No one had a better weekend than Ford. That manufacturer claimed all three of NASCAR's Premier Series championships. The Blue Ovals are powered by Roush Yates engines in the NASCAR Cup and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Their president and CEO stopped by to chat about Ford's dominant weekend. Doug, of course, this was a big year for your engine department in 2023. You take two titles in the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. Before we get too far ahead, looking ahead into next year, what are your emotions simply from how this year turned out in 2023 with those championships from your engine department? Yeah, it turned out great. You know, it's our 20th season as Roush Yates with Ford Performance. Uh, supporting us and um, to be able to win two championships is amazing but the season was a challenge you know it started off um, really well in Daytona felt like we had a good shot to win the 500 with Joey Logano and um, came up a little bit short there on that uh, you know last uh, green white checker finish and then uh, but we won the 2150s with Joey Logano and Eric Alvarola so we were off to a pretty good start but then after that when we went to uh, Las Vegas it was uh we're asking ourselves, what happened? You know, we won the championship in 22 with Joey and uh, started the season with a lot of confidence, and that went away pretty quickly, especially on the intermediate and the short tracks. Uh, the super speedways were, were good for us. You know, we won Atlanta in the spring, qualified first through eighth. That was really good, um, but, but, man, it was a struggle. But what really turned our season was when Chris Buescher won Richmond and Michigan back-to-back. And, and from there, I think our teams and our engine guys said, hey, we can do this. We just need to dig in, uh, work hard, stay focused, and uh, keep going. And then, you know, on into the playoffs um, uh, where where we, you know, we have a lot of teams in the playoffs. Uh, uh, kind of went out early. Um, a lot of our guys got knocked out after Bristol. Uh, but then Ryan Blaney, you know, gained a lot of momentum, went in Talladega. And then I uh, really picked it up in the last part, the last four races, and I'm on to uh, a championship with Ron Blaney, Jonathan Hassler, Team Penske, and two in a row. So that was that was fantastic. And um, Cole Custer and Stuart Haas uh, kind of did a similar thing on the Xfinity side. So it was um, it was a long, challenging season, as you know. These seasons are super long, but uh, you got to stay in the game. And I'm really proud of uh, everybody here at Roush Yates for all their hard work and and uh, sticking with it and um, ultimately bringing home championships. Doug, we talked about the success that you had in 2023. I'm curious though, what goes on during your off seasons in the shop? Yeah, in the shop, it's, believe it or not, it's it's actually pretty short off season. In the next weeks, we're planning and trying to understand, you know, the development department is really working hard on new specifications. I just start the season off strong to try to go to Daytona and win the Daytona 500, which is always the goal. And the production department is trying to get parts lined up and order parts from our manufacturing facility. Uh, and, and, you know, those parts could be anything from intake manifolds to cylinder heads to engine plates to oil pans and accessories. So there's a lot of logistics. Um, this week's really the first week where we're really just focusing in on what do we need to do to start the season strong? Um, how do we get all those parts coming? How do we make sure our people are 
taken care of and appreciated like they should be and um, just get get ready for another season. But it's nice to have a breather. It's nice to be champs over the winter. And uh, we get to do that for the second year in a row, which is something we've never done before. So it's um, it's a really special year. Doug, you've been in this industry long enough to know that when you are on top, everyone else is going to try to knock you off, right? So you've won now two straight championships the last two years consecutively in Cup. What is one of the biggest challenges you believe you are going to try to face or will be facing in 2024 to maintain the advantage that you have in the engine department? Yeah, Tim, I think the thing we learned this year is you, know, you have to peak at the right time. You know, it's um, you, you see guys get hot early and in, in, in the middle, and then but you have to really make sure that you're ready at the end of the year when the playoffs come especially the latter part of those playoffs. And next year, they mix it up with more uh, speedway races, more road courses. So uh, NASCAR keeps changing the schedule up, which was good for uh, trying to make you um, have a little different strategy. You know, on our end, we have to have 18 long block seals next year for the engines. It would be nice to say that we planned this year all this way, but (laughs) it was a struggle. (laughs) The struggle was real. And uh, but but uh, the work and effort of everybody at Roush Chase at Poor Performance and Team Penske and Stuart Haas on the Xfinity side was um, and showed that um, we really turned it on at the right time and, and we've got to be prepared to start off strong but also finish even stronger. Well, we wish you best of luck going in the 2024, and again, congratulations on a terrific 2023 season, Doug. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm really proud to be part of NASCAR. Just love the love the sport, love the, what the France family does for us, and love what MRN does for us. Uh, I remember growing up as a kid listening to you guys on the radio uh, all the time if I wasn't at the track. And so it's really cool to be with you today, and uh, happy holidays, team. Same here. Pleasure talking to you. Doug Yates, president and CEO of Roush Yates Engines. That time with Doug Yates was brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll flash back to Ryan Blaney's first career Cup Series win. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. For this week's flashback, we thought we'd honor our newest NASCAR Cup Series champion in Ryan Blaney. Let's flash back to his first career win in the NASCAR Cup Series. It was the 2017 Exalta presents the Pocono 400. Harvick is there again. The stubborn foe in Ryan Blaney's rearview mirror. He will not go away. Blaney across the tunnel turn with a one-car length lead. Gets a good run off the tunnel turn. Does Ryan Blaney still a car length and a half between him himself and Kevin Harvick into turn number three and again both cars right to the bottom of the racetrack at this end of the speedway no change at the point Blaney slips just a bit but maintains the top spot it's the credit one bank white one to go the white flag is flying here at Pocono separation one car length Ryan Blaney over Kevin Harvick two cars literally glued together down the front stretch for the final time Blaney drives it deep into turn number one he opens it up by a car length now Blaney by a car length Harvick in second. Final time headed for the tunnel turn. Last trip off turn number one and up the long pond straight away. It's one car length between Ryan Blaney and Kevin Harvick. Does Harvick have anything left across the tunnel turn? It's still a car length. Ryan Blaney for the final time off turn two. Ryan Blaney with the race lead. Kevin Harvick gets a good run off of turn number two, but it's not enough into turn three. Ryan Blaney 
by a car length and a half over Kevin Harvick, looking to bring the Wood Brothers to victory lane for the first time at Pocono in a long time. He has the lead coming off turn number three. He holds the lead to the line, and 23-year-old Ryan Blaney will score his first career win here at Pocono Raceway today. The Wood Brothers making their 60th start here. Ryan Blaney making his third, and he scores the win in the Pocono 400. What a day that was for Ryan Blaney, and look where he is now a 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion. Our thanks to Ryan for joining us on the show today. Also, our thanks to Jonathan Hassler. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we'd like to thank you for joining us as well. We'll chat with you next time right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.